Hello and welcome to Live, Laugh, Eat, episode eight. And today's episode is called Fast Fat Loss, aka the things that you can do to speed up your weight loss results. So I think there's a bit of a misconception because I talk a lot on here about improving relationships with food, not wishing your life away because you're on a diet and things being sustainable, that that must mean that I don't believe in aggressive diets. And actually, that's not true at all. I mean, I don't believe in fatty diets like juice cleanses and detoxes, but that's actually very different to fast or aggressive fat loss. And actually, I prefer for myself when I'm dieting for a photo shoot or just doing a bit of a mini cut, I actually prefer a fast fat loss approach myself. So I would be a complete hypocrite if I told other people to avoid it. And my general kind of motto when dieting for myself is get in, get it done, get back out again. And as a coach, I actually love helping people see quick results. I love helping them lose weight because I see that difference in their confidence when things start happening quickly and when they're happy and buzzing in their check-ins, I kind of buzz off of that too. So today we thought we'd come on here and share some of the things that if you're dieting, you should make sure you're doing the stones that you might not want to leave unturned to speed up your weight loss. Um, And when I say we, to help me do that, I have the podcast OG. (laughs) So welcome back to the podcast, Lucy. How are you today? Thank you so much. I'm very good. Thank you. What is new? Anything new or exciting happening in your world today? There's honestly, no. (laughs) How boring do I sound? Nothing new. A unicorn flew over your house earlier. Remember that was really. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I should really uh, come on here and and, uh, prepare something so I sound far more interesting than I actually am. (laughs) Do you know what happened in my world today, actually? I have to share this one with you. I had a homeless man nearly make a special guest appearance in one of my client check-in feedback videos today. Um, Okay, Um, please continue. I'll elaborate on that one. So basically, um, some mornings I go and work from a Starbucks because it's nice and quiet in there normally. At like 7am, there's nobody in there. So it's really great. Um, And basically, as I was in the middle, so when I do client check-in feedbacks for anybody that doesn't know this, I have like a piece of software that records the screen. So you can see a little video bubble of my head, basically, and I can talk through whatever's going on on the screen. So I'm sat there recording a feedback for somebody and this kind of homeless man, I assume he's homeless, like you, you should never make assumptions, but you can kind of tell, right? Um, <laughs> I did smell him before I saw him, that kind of vibe. But he basically, I don't know whether he was a bit tired or he just needed to sit down, but he basically came and sat. So I was sat on like a bench. If you think of like Starbucks setup, you've got like the benches with the tables. And he basically just plonked himself down next to me. <laughs> but like, I don't know if he was a bit like, not quite with it or what but he was so close like literally if I would have tilted my laptop screen slightly to the left (laughs) he would have been in this video so yeah that's that's how my day's going anyway (laughs) maybe he just wanted to to make friends maybe (laughs) yeah or he probably wondered why you were talking to yourself yeah you know maybe he thought that you were just having a conversation he's probably telling someone the very same story about you yeah, it's like, oh my God, this, this weird girl, she was telling me to drop my macros today. I don't even know what macros are. <laughs> she was just sort of talking into her computer. <laughs> yeah, I think he just wanted to give some feedback on Claire's deadlifts. It was fine, but yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it, that's it. So anyway, today's podcast, not about homeless people. It is about fast fat loss. Mm-hmm. So Lucy, when it comes to dieting and fat loss, are you like a slow and steady dieter or do you prefer it hard and fast? We're still talking about fat loss here, just so we're clear. My, my goodness. <laughs> what a question. Wow, what a start. Um, so when it comes to dieting, <laughs> let's make this clear. So I'm so I'm the same as you. I... I don't enjoy dieting. <laughs> um, I would rather not diet. Um, so when I when I 
when I do diet, I just want to get it done. To be honest, I can't be bothered to spend a long time doing it. Um, so the, the quicker, the better when it yeah. comes to dieting. <laughs> I, I think that as well. It's a bit like having a wax in it. You just want to get it over and done with. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk. We don't need to talk. Just, just do this. Okay. <laughs> Rip the things off <laughs> and be done with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. And don't get me wrong. Like, Uh, there will be different approaches that I use at different times. Like sometimes it's not always appropriate for fast fat loss. And I actually think over the years, as I've become a more experienced dieter and, you know, I have less weight to lose each time I diet now, because what we're normally talking about is a few kilos that I've put on over Christmas or, you know, maybe it is a shoot prep where it's like a deadline on it. And I kind of need that deadline (laughs) to get me moving with it. Um, I think as that time's gone on, I have lent more towards a fast approach. Whereas I think in my early dieting years, actually slow and steady was more appropriate. So I would say kind of preface this um, podcast by saying, we're kind of going to assume that you are an experienced dieter. You kind of know what we're talking about here and you really want to just crank things up a little notch. But if you are somebody that's quite new to dieting or you really struggle to adhere to a deficit well, fast fat loss is going to involve being in a bigger one. So it's probably not for you. Um, yeah. Would you add anything to that? Lucy? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's like you said, it depends how much fat you have to lose. Um, and it depends how aggressive you want to go with your diet as well. So those are all kind of factors at play. Um, but yeah, if you've had a bit of experience with dieting, um, it might be worth kind of giving it a go or you or again you've got a deadline as well so um and it very much I think fast very much depends on person to person as well doesn't it yeah and the thing is as well like by default as well the more body fat you've got to lose the faster it will come off anyway and I think that's that's why you know when we're talking amount of weight you really can't compare that either like sometimes we'll get um so we run a group coaching program and we'll get chat in that group like I've dropped a kilo this week and then somebody else will be like oh I've only dropped 0.2 does that mean that mine's rubbish and it's like well it's all relative because the more fat you've got to lose like somebody that weighs 100 kilos if they lose a kilo you're probably not going to notice it as much as if somebody who only weighs 50 kilos drops a kilo because as a percentage of their total body weight lost it's more or less significant you know so that's what you have to think about as well it's like when we're talking about fast fat loss a lot of that would also depend on deadlines how much you've got to lose lifestyle and also the biggie that I think people forget about is actually how many calories you maintain your body weight on to begin with it's why like men are so annoying in being able to lose weight so quickly (laughs) compared to us because if they maintain let's say you got like a a big dude right that maintains his weight on 4,000 calories per day well he could actually you know quite easily sustain a a thousand calorie a day deficit by coming down to 3000 calories a day, you know, physically, yes, he's going to feel that, but psychologically that's going to have nowhere near as much of an impact or be as challenging as a female who maintains her weight on 2000 calories a day. Now trying to be on a thousand calories a day because she wants to replicate that same deficit. So, you know, there are so many factors a play with rate of fat loss as well. And some people want the rapid fat loss, but they don't accept that their circumstances aren't set up for that either. Um, But, you know, I think the other thing that I would say just kind of before we go into this is the rate of fat loss that you select might vary throughout a diet as well. So like one of my favorite strategies with new clients is to go, and I'll tell them that I'm doing this, by the way, it's never like a secret strategy that they don't know about. I always get like, you know, make them aware that we're going to do this first. But we go more aggressive at the start because actually what happens, you've just signed up for a coach, you're super motivated, you're buzzing to get going. You you know what I mean? You want to see some results quick. That's going to boost your motivation. That's going to get you more excited. And then, you know, when you get sort of, six weeks in, for example, and it starts to get a little bit trickier, we might then reduce the pace. But it's all right, because you're already on your way then. So again, the the rate at which you choose to lose body fat 
is up to you essentially and you can switch between fast and slow and I've even had it with clients where it will change that you know week to week they haven't got a lot on one week right let's put foot to the floor this week and really get some body fat off so that next week when work's super busy we don't have to worry about it so much um so yeah anyway sorry I'm rambling on already as per (laughs) but I think Lucy shall we start by just reeling off some things that so Lucy give me one thing that if somebody wants to speed up their fat loss that they should make sure that they're doing Okay, so this is going to sound like a really obvious thing to say, but if you want, if you want fat loss, you have to start. (laughs) I think it can be really easy to procrastinate um, instead of diet and really easy to wait for the perfect time to diet. And it doesn't exist. There's always going to be stuff that life throws at you. I don't think there's any kind of perfect dieting scenario, at least with my clients, I've never seen one. And I think sometimes it's that kind of mentality of like the diet starts on Monday. And so I'm not going to be able to eat anything. So this weekend, it's going to be kind of a free for all and get all the food out of the cupboards and all that kind of stuff. But eventually, you're going to have to maintain your weight with all the food in the cupboards and with all the temptation out there and with kind of um, life events and birthdays. So actually, if you want fat loss and you want it fast, you've got to start. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's such a good point because I think everybody does it, don't they? They go, right, diet starts Monday or, oh, I'll do it at this point when this thing happens. And it's actually for most people like dieting, you're looking at a 12 to 16 week block, essentially. And if you're waiting for that perfect time, like when in your diary are you going to get a 12 to 16 week block with bugger all going on? You Mm -hmm. probably won't. Like there is always going to be something like, don't get me wrong, I probably wouldn't choose to start your diet while you're on holiday. (laughs) Like That might not be the smartest time. But also I think sometimes people can fall into this trap of giving themselves permission to overeat in the moment on the basis of a false promise that they're going to start. Do you know what I mean? So I'll just, I'll eat all this junk Saturday night because Monday I'm going to be starting my new diet. And it's like, but are you though? Or are you going to do something silly for two days and then give up on it again by Wednesday and next Saturday be telling yourself the same thing? Um, So I think it's a really, really valid point um, is that, yeah, you do have to start with it and stick with it as well and not, not wait for that perfect time and actually at certain points I think people are just giving themselves excuses to avoid the real hard work which is the discomfort of sitting with being a bit hungry the discomfort of saying no to certain things yeah it's gonna come right so you might as well get on with it (laughs) yeah yeah like I always say to myself actually I'm like Laura you're not gonna want to do it then either so you might as well crack on with it now and get it out of the way I do that with like jobs at work that I don't want to do. Like it's never coaching stuff. Like that's never an issue. But you know, like if I've got to do like my accounts or something really boring, yeah. like, I end up saying to myself, like, Laura, you ain't going to want to do that then either. So just get it done. You always feel better for getting it done as well. Like, yeah, you do, don't you? But I think that's it. That's, that's kind of like, I always say like, do something today. And this is what I tell my clients, do something today that your future self will thank you for. Because it's like, it's like taxes, right? If I <laughs> went through and every time I made a work-related purchase, put it in a spreadsheet, then future me would not get so angry at past me. <laughs> now, <laughs> When it comes to taxes, I always find myself every year having to go through all my receipts and everything and and properly um, uh, invoice it or, you know, account for it. But when it comes to dieting, I think that's a really important thing to set yourself up in the present to help your future self. Yeah, it is like, and I sometimes say like you can visualize certain things like don't wait until that social occasion when you've got to put a dress on, you know, you're invited to that wedding and then you've got to try on eight different dresses because you feel unhappy with the way that you look. And then you sit there uncomfortable because something's tight. Like imagine how amazing it would feel to try on those eight dresses. And actually it's hard to decide because they all look freaking great. 
Like what position to be in, you know, like that's what I always say to think about is like run out that scenario in your head. The last time you got really pissed off with yourself are those moments when it feels tough. You have to take yourself back there. And that whole like is so cheesy, isn't it? Remember why you when you feel like giving up. Remember why you started. But it is so true. Like it is so, so true. Um, I think that's that kind of keeping that positive mindset, isn't it? Like visualizing what you want to achieve and in those tough moments, you keep that, you hold on to that feeling. Yeah. And I know we've spoken about this before, but you know, if you if you do a workout and you feel really, really good about that workout, like bottle that feeling, keep that feeling. Because there will be a time when you can't be bothered to do that workout. But remember how you felt those times when you did do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. And even like you know, like for me, when I'm dieting, one of the things that really gets my goat is, you know, when you're in bed and you're hungry, like there's no getting away from it. Like, you know, when you sort of know, do you know what? I could bloody murder some Ben and Jerry's right now. I could bloody murder <laughs> anything. Like anything. Yeah. Do you know what? Chicken. Anything right now. But what I think of in my head at that moment is like, do you know what? When I get up in the morning and I go through my morning routine and I kind of skip off to the gym like I normally would. I say go through my morning routine, by the way, guys. My morning routine involves like rolling out of bed, putting a baseball cap on my head, brushing my teeth and then going to the gym. <laughs> that's, that's about it. Like rolling over and screaming into your pillow for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, lying there with my eyes closed for a solid minute whilst I curse myself for setting a 5 a.m. alarm. Um <laughs> But but actually what I remind myself of is it does feel good when you get up knowing you tick the, ticked it off the day before and you stuck to it. It does feel good. Um, yeah. And every single day you tick off is like a day you are closer to getting where you want to be. And I also think, do you know what? That's a day less I got a diet for. That's bloody great, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm so sad when I diet because when I go to sleep, obviously you're going to be hungry, right? So I'm the same. Before I go to bed, I'll have something in the evening, but I tend to still be hungry. But I think, okay, well, the sooner I go to bed, the sooner I can get up and have my really nice breakfast. (laughs) And I always make something really nice for breakfast that I actually look forward to because it means that I'm like, no, I'm going to go to sleep. (laughs) And then I get to enjoy my breakfast in, I want to say eight hours. I don't get eight hours sleep. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's it. It's always making sure that you're focusing on... The, the, not how hard done by you are and we said this on other podcasts but the the positive side of it so I'll give you one of my ones like a tip to to help kind of move things along and this is really a tip for the people that are flexible dieters calorie counters and that is and I do this without fail when I'm dieting and that's I pre-plan my food in advance so I either plan it in the morning or I plan it in the night before on my fitness pal I work out what I'm going to have. I'll prep anything that I need to prep. And that doesn't mean, by the way, guys, like super boring meal preps. Like that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about soggy sweet potatoes and Tupperware. Mm -hmm. I might just be talking about making myself some overnight oats or even just making sure that I've got food in the fridge that I've bought already meal from Tesco. Do you know what I mean? The day before. So I'm just thinking ahead. But I think, and then I have a rule that unless it's in my MyFitnessPal, it doesn't go in my gob Mm -hmm. because that way you know that you're in about the right ballpark with your calories. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not super rigid. Like if it gets to evening time and I really can't face what I've planned, I'll switch it out for something else. Like there will be some flexibility there. And, you know, for some people it might be, actually, I need that flexibility at dinner, but I'll pre-pram breakfast, lunch and snacks. And then I know, right. Okay. I've got 600 calories for dinner or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think just that pre-planning it in advance, it means that you don't forget to track anything because it's so easy to, oh shit, I forgot I had a latte or, you know what I mean, take some chicken nuggets off the kids' plates without thinking about it or you didn't track the oil that you cooked it in and, you know, and I don't want to get sound like I'm being super anal about tracking, but that stuff does matter. Like you forget to track a tablespoon of oil, well, there's 150 calories you haven't added in. And if you're only on 1,400, that becomes significant that amount Mm -hmm. um you know like you're snagging a couple of chicken nuggets off your kids plates like another 100 calories you know and before you know it you've put like 300 calories in your day that you haven't really thought about 
do you pre-plan in advance or do you track as you go or what do you do? No, I always pre-plan a few days in advance. And the other thing I do is, and I've done this for years and it's got nothing to do with dieting. It's actually more to do with budgeting is every week I know what I'm getting from the shops. I know what I'm getting from the supermarket because that really helps me with my finances. But it does help with with your um, diet as well because I think that's the other thing. If you look around your house, are you setting up your environment to help you succeed? Or when you go shopping, are you buying things that are kind of when you, you know, if they're in your kitchen, are they going to be giving you some kind of temptation? Like, are you buying packets of biscuits and things like that, that probably don't have much room in your diet? And also it's going to make your life so much harder. Just don't buy that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I get it when people say to me, oh my God, I just don't know how you have the willpower. I'm like, I don't. My willpower is shit, but I'm just very, very good at planning and not putting myself in situations where I have to even use willpower because that that stuff's just not in my house. And, you know, when I said I'm sat in bed thinking I wish I had some Halo Top, if it was in the fridge, I might go out and get my Ben and Jerry's or whatever, you know, but I'm not going down, getting out my pajamas and like putting a face on to go back down to Tesco. Like I'm not doing that. So again, if that stuff's in your house, you have to question like, well, are you setting yourself up for success or failure? Or even like, I get that you might have kids, right? And you say, oh, I have to keep that stuff in for the kids, but you don't have to keep it in your eyeline or you could put it in one of those clicky Tupperware pots so that, you know, you have to actually physically, there's a barrier there, you know, put it behind your 10 calorie jelly. (laughs) so that you actually have to move that thing out of the way like I say to clients if you struggle up to get up and go to the gym in the morning put your gym kit in front of your front door because then Mm -hmm. you're gonna feel like a right asshole when you step over it to go to work (laughs) like you have to acknowledge the fact that you're not doing the thing that you told yourself you were gonna do Um, yeah I think it's having that you you've kind of got to be quite tough on yourself as well right like that's not my food I didn't buy that for me that's for the kids it's not mine you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't lean over your colleague's desk at work and take their lunch, would you? Some people might. <laughs> Maybe when you were on bikini prep, you did. <laughs> I definitely sniffed other people's lunch. Do you know what? I remember actually one time when I was in bikini prep, there was this man sat in like his big white van and he was clearly on his lunch break. And he I remember it so clearly. He was eating this cheese and ham baguette in a Greg's wrapper. And I love their cheese and ham baguettes. Something about just a good old cheese and ham sandwich. Anyway, um, so this man's eating his baguette like on his lunch. And then he sort of, we caught eyes. And he sort of looked at me and gave me this like, how you doing type smile. And I think he thought, I just, and then it, I sort of snapped back into my head. Well, of course, I was staring at the sandwich because I was starving. <laughs> this dude thought I was giving him, like, the come on. I, I was too embarrassed to say, actually, mate, it wasn't you. It was your Greg's <laughs> that I was yeah. after. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but, <laughs> so I've definitely come close. But, yeah, you're right. It's for some reason when it's kids stuff, mm. people and maybe it's about waste I don't know people feel like oh you know if the kids have left that on their plate I don't want to waste it but I would argue if you're eating something that doesn't align with your goals you've wasted it anyway if you're going to be pissed off with yourself for having it you've yeah, wasted well, it anyway be pissed off for having to throw it in the bin don't be pissed off for the fact that you ate it yeah yeah, yeah exactly that and it's um you know, it's even stuff like if your kids are having snacks and you're eating the kids snacks, are there things that you can buy that you know the kids like, but you're not that bothered about? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if uh, another little tip I love actually on the kind of food front is doing food shopping online, wash the dieting. Yeah. Um, because I think like it's actually great for budgeting as well, online food shopping, because it's a lot less embarrassing to click stuff out your basket than it is to go and put it back or walk around with a calculator and actually you can see it all adding up but also you can see what you've got in there and you don't have to be faced with temptation down the aisles picking up stuff that you need so um you know if I I I repeat a lot of meals when I'm dieting and then so it's really really easy because your order's saved so you've only just got to repeat that the following week so you know and you can arrange you haven't got that issue of oh, I didn't have time to go to the supermarket, so now I can't stick to my diet. It's like, no, you're having it delivered. It's showing up at your house. Again, you're making it easier to succeed than it is to fail. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's the real key here. But that does take some foresight and planning ahead. And I know that for some people that is easier than it is for other people. Some people's brains just don't work that way. And if that is the case, write lists, write down like, right, this is everything that I need. This is what's going wrong each week. And then work off of those lists or reminders in your phone. Like you can't use, uh, my brain just doesn't work that way as an excuse, you know, Mm. especially if it's not helping you and you're getting pissed off with yourself. I think that's something really important is that actually you do have a lot more control of situations than then I think we all have more control over things than we give ourselves credit for yeah. and sort of related to to planning out food is also like planning out events so if you know there's going to be something in your week that's going to make dieting harder don't approach it as a victim as I can't do anything about that you you can you might not be able to get out of that particular event maybe it's like a family meal maybe it's a work event so you might not be able to get out of it, but you can set the rest of your week up in a way where that doesn't particularly interfere with your diet. So if you know that in a week from now you've got this event on, don't kind of blindly go through the week and then, oh, shit, yeah, that's today. Well, I've got to eat everything. Yeah. No. <laughs> if you know that you might have a higher calorie meal that day, well, what can you do in the week? Can you reduce your calories in the week? Um, can you plan out different foods that day? Can you look ahead on the menu? Yeah, do a bit of extra training that week, some extra steps, some extra cardio. Like, yeah, exactly that. I, I always say to my clients, it's not about making the best decision. It's about making, you know, the the best decision you can with what's available that week. And yeah. I think sometimes people get to a situation or, you know, classic example, I got held up at work. I got really, really busy. Um, and then I got in and I was starving and I hadn't had time for lunch. And I completely get that scenario, right? What goes through your brain is I want pizza, I want pizza, I want pizza. But let's be honest, it's just as flipping easy to order something else on Deliveroo as it is pizza. Do you know what I mean? Like there are other options on there. And it's actually, it's not particularly challenging to nip into a co-op or a Tesco Express and pick up a packet of pre-cooked chicken a packet of those vegetables that you whack in the microwave and a packet of microwave rice. It's just as easy to do that as it is to pick up a pie. Do you know what I mean? Um, It's just as easy to prepare that. So I think sometimes as well, you do have to like call yourself out on your bullshit. Like hungry Laura makes terrible decisions. So I try and avoid having her come out as often as possible. But when she is out, I do have to remind, like you have to question, right? What, do you know what I mean? What are you trying to escape from here? Is, it, is this just the hungry you talking? Because once you've eaten that, you're going to be pissed off that you had it. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, I think own that decision. Like mm. I said, it's kind of we have control over these situations. Nobody forced you to order from Domino's. You wanted that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you wanted when you were hungry. So own that. If, if that's what happened, then that's what happened. And we're not saying you should feel bad for ordering Domino's, no. by the way. Like my one of my favorite sayings is like, unless that delivery man's buried under your patio, like you never have to feel bad for ordering a pizza. Like you don't have to feel guilty for it. But no. actually at the same time, if you've told yourself you want to do something and you know, this is a regular occurrence. Well, who's the problem here? Do you know what I mean? Like if every time you get really hungry, you end up going to the shop and face planting a load of like sweets and chocolate, that's a you issue that needs to be unpicked there. So maybe, and again, it's the sort of thing that I do with clients. It's like, right, let's come up with a list of foods that when you go in on a sweet mission, sod your calories, sod your tracking, sod everything else for that moment of time. Don't worry about that stuff. But I just want you to go and pick up this punnet of fruit, this packet of protein. Do you know what I mean? So that you haven't got to think. You haven't got a hungry you doesn't have to make those decisions. So you can make that list for yourself as well. Like on those days when I am super busy, what what's my action plan? And make yeah. that action plan on the days that you're not super busy. Yeah. And have I think that's that's it again about pre-planning. If you know you're like that, if you know that work sometimes takes over and you don't have time, can you not put some microwave meals 
in the freezer or have something that's mm. available for you to just get out of the freezer or get out of the fridge and shove in the microwave. Yeah. Yeah. On the subject actually of planning ahead, and, and I know you touched on it with weekends, but one of the biggest tips I can give you if you want to accelerate your fat loss is make your weekend days look like your weekdays. Because mm-hmm. for most people, it's the what they do at the weekend that undoes the deficit in the week. So, you know, they diet really hard Monday to Friday and then maybe Friday night through till Sunday night, they can actually put themselves into such a surplus that it negates what was happening in the week, especially if you're actually in a mild deficit, not an aggressive deficit. So one of the quickest ways to accelerate progress is to make your weekends look like your weekdays. So that might mean doing some more activity, doing some more steps. Like if your goal is fat loss, I wouldn't actively be choosing to put yourself in social situations that involve food and drink necessarily. And again, I haven't done a full like 180 or 360. What is it you say? Like a 180. A 180. I think think 360 just puts you back in the same place. (laughs) Oh, God. I can't even blame that on diet brain because I've definitely had enough lunch today. But, you know, I haven't done a full 180. I haven't done a full 90 degrees on on my stance on, you know, things being realistic and sustainable and about about people having a social life. But what I'm really talking about here is the people that want the fast fat loss. You do have to keep weekends in check. And do you know what? The quicker you do that, the quicker the body fat's going to come off. And then we can go back to, you know, having a bit more balance at weekends. But you can't have balance and rapid results. Like it doesn't have to be painful to get rapid results, but you also can't, do you know what I mean? You can't have everything. So I certainly, you know, socials involving food and drink, I would attend them if you're invited to them. I wouldn't be the person creating them unless it involves something like, you know, you can do diet friendly ones. Like you might say to your other half that I need to go and eat at Nando's tonight, or can we just go for a steak and some veg, or can we just go to Wagamama so you can get a ramen or whatever it is that's lower calorie? You know, there are some diet friendly options there. But, you know, even stuff like instead of going to eat, could you ask your friends if they want to come for a long walk with you? If you've Mm -hmm. got a dog, take it out for the day. You know, all of these things, even shopping, like walking around the shops, (laughs) that cracks up a load of steps that you might not have got in in the week. Yeah, go to the cinema, bring your own snacks with you, go bowling, you know, things like that, like fun fun things. I mean, I'm trying to think of all the diet-friendly things that I used to do in prep. I used to go to cinema a lot in prep by myself, actually. <laughs> Just follow follow people around and smell their baguettes. <laughs> yeah, so basically, you wink at men holding Greg's. <laughs> Maybe don't take social skills advice from me, actually. I'm clearly quite socially inept. <laughs> I think that's the thing like I think people really do underestimate how much a meal out at the weekend can actually throw you out of your deficit and either to maintenance or even into a surplus and we're not we're not kind of trying to be party poopers here we're not saying you know don't have fun but I think like you said you've got to be realistic yeah yeah and the thing is like, like again it's not forever it's just till your dieting phase is done And if you're doing it properly, there should be a time cap on that. Like it's just until that dieting phase is done and then you can carry on as you were. But it's even stuff though, like I think it's not even so much the meal itself sometimes. Sometimes it's the mindset that that meal like throws somebody into. Does that make sense? They get a bit of like jungle syndrome. So you might have planned to only go out and have steak and veg and a glass of wine. But now you've done that. Oh, now I'll have a second glass of wine and oh, okay, now I'll I'll have a dessert. And okay, because I've had a dessert, sod it, I'll start again, whatever. Or, you know, being invited out for breakfast can cause somebody's whole day to snowball. Yeah, um, it's that kind of kicking the fuck it bucket, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I might as well just completely screw myself over now. Yeah. And it's why I'm not a big fan of, I, I don't mind the term cheat meal, actually. Some people get really het up about it. I think we all know what, what I'm talking about when I say a cheat <laughs> meal. But it's not so much the words that you use, it's the the mindset that you're doing something wrong and therefore 
you know, I'll start again. It feeds into that. I'll start again tomorrow mentality. Whereas I think if you always, even if like, I'll always say to my clients, right, even if you know, you're not going to hit your targets today. Okay. You're not going to hit your macros. Okay. Well, can you hit calories? You're not going to hit your calories. Okay. Don't worry about that. Can you still track? You can't still track. Okay. Can you just make the best decision that you can make? There's always something that you can do. Do you know what I mean? It's like, do you need chips and a dessert? Could you have a single instead of a double if you're on a night out? Could you pick a clear spirit and a diet mixer to save calories rather than cocktails? Like there is always a decision that will support your diet slightly more. So just focus less on being perfect sometimes and more on trying to um, do those. But what I would say is if you really want fat loss, just don't put yourself in those situations just for a short period of time. Get it done and then you can start to work on that stuff. Yeah, and like you said, it's sort of the... The more aggressive you go, even in terms of making those decisions, the shorter your overall diet will be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you do go off track, I always like to think that, you know, you're never more than one meal away from getting back on track. Yeah. Just get back on track at the next meal. Be really strict with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly that. And it's, it is sometimes it needs a little bit of handholding for yourself. And, and, and again, I think this is where pre-planning is key. Like if you're going out to eat, you can map out your whole day. So you can have a look at the restaurant menu in advance on Google. You can decide what you're going to have. So you don't even need to be swayed or tempted. That's not the word. Tempted. Tempted. (laughs) So what should you do in your 360 turn? You don't even need to be tempted. Oh, don't listen to me today, guys. I'm coming out with all sorts of crap. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like if you plan it in advance, um, you're not going to be tempted. And most importantly, you know what you're going back to. So again, it's that whole thing. Plot it in the app. If it's not in the app, it doesn't go in your mouth. Um, especially if you're on a first date. <laughs> <laughs> god it's descended it's descended um but no i think also it's another it's a tip that i like to give people when they go away on holidays or weekends away as well in a fat loss phase it's like think about that getting back on track can you order your online food shop to come in as soon as you get Mm. back from the holiday can you make sure your gym kit's clean and your gym bag's packed and it's ready to go so again it's that that forward thinking um Okay, so that is very much around like the food side of things. There was one more that I wanted to touch on actually, just on the food front. And I don't know how you feel about this one, Lucy, but I would argue, and I've got to be careful how I word this, so I can say it on the podcast so I can explain. The more, if you want to see faster weight loss results, you should aim to include more what I call single ingredient foods in your diet. So by that, I mean the foods that contain very minimal ingredients. I'm going to say the term, you know what I mean. You know, I don't actually think foods are clean and dirty, but the stuff that people would describe as clean, right? Meats, vegetables, potatoes, even grains, like things like oats, you know, body bodybuilder foods, I guess, for want of a better way of putting it, right? You should be aiming to include more of those in your diet and less of the flexible stuff if you want to see faster results. And there are a couple of reasons for that. The first one is food labels can be grossly inaccurate, up to 20% inaccurate in this country. So if you are, you know, eating everything out of package, your calories could actually be 20% higher than you think they are. The second one is that foods that are single ingredient tend to be with the exception of probably like fats like nuts and oils and stuff but tend to be lower in calories so if your tracking's a little bit off your weighing's a bit off it's not going to be as far out also the more fiber that you're eating there's no nice way of saying this basically your body can't digest so fiber's found within carbohydrates your body can't use fiber for energy. So you basically just shit it out. <laughs> There's no nice way of saying it. So the calories from fiber are not absorbed. So therefore you will not consume or absorb, should I say, the same amount of calories from a hundred grams of a hundred calories worth of broccoli as you would a hundred calories worth of cookie. 
the actual calories that you absorb from that will be different. And the other one is if you've got more protein in your diet, protein has a slightly higher what we call thermic effect of feeding than the other macronutrients. So in other words, it takes more calories to digest protein. This is also the case for fiber than it does for other macronutrients. Have I missed any anything off there, Lucy? And would you say there's anything you'd add to that? So I, I totally agree with that. And I think the thing is as well, you do have to remember that when you're when you're on a diet, you are restricting your food. And so when you restrict your calories and depending on how much you need to restrict by in order to be in a calorie deficit, it's really, really super important that you're giving your body all of the nutrients that it needs and all of the micronutrients, all of the vitamins, all of the minerals it needs. And that becomes hard. I know that's tough when you've got a limited amount of calories. So that's why that's even more important that you are paying attention to how much, how many vegetables are you eating at dinner? How much fruit are you eating? And it sounds proper boring, doesn't it? And my clients, they must be so bored of me going on at them. Are you having your five a day? (laughs) But this stuff is really, really important, especially when you're kind of trying to function and train and you're limiting your calorie intake. It is like, if I have somebody say to me, Laura, I feel really shit. I'm really lethargic. Like this diet's getting really hard. And then I look in their my fitness pal diary and I see basically what I would describe as a low, a day of low calorie snacking. Mm. Because at the end of the day, fiber one bars and all of that jazz, like they're still junk food. They're just pre-portioned <laughs> junk food with less calories. Like, you know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that stuff, by the way, like, please don't misinterpret it. Again, I haven't done the full 360, 180, 90, whatever it's called. <laughs> You know, I'm not saying like food is to be enjoyed, right? Like I'm not suggesting everybody do a chat GPT meal plan. But what I am saying is that if you want to see rapid fat loss, i.e. calories are a bit lower, you're going a bit more aggressive. Well, it's like the same as if you're living on a monetary budget, like you need to pay your bills first, like because if they cut your gas and electric off, it's going to be really challenging (laughs) to live in your house, especially in winter. And it's the same when you're dieting. If you don't give yourself the foods that your body needs, your body doesn't just register calories. It's not just as simple as calories in, calories out when it comes to fat loss. It is in, in its greatest sense. But think about it logically. If you're giving your body lots and lots of micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, because you're eating lots of these single ingredient foods, well, what's going to happen? You're going to feel better. You're going to perform better in the gym. You're going to move around a bit more. And if that stuff happens, guess what happens? You kick yourself into a bigger calorie deficit. So all of that is going to improve your results as well. And ultimately, I would say if you want to keep the weight off when you're done, but you need to be changing what you're actually eating as well. Like you can't just you know, reduce all your portions. And then the second you stop tracking, they increase, you haven't changed any habits or behavior. That's why people slam the weight back on when they do these like aggressive diets, if they haven't changed any underlying behaviors. It's not because, you know, they've done a load of metabolic damage. It's because they've gone too drastic from what they were doing beforehand. And they've just reverted back to that. I think that's why there's that kind of thought that, you know, 99% of diets fail. Yeah they don't (laughs) but like exactly as you said it's if you haven't changed anything then of course if you just increase the amount of fiber one bars you're having or replace that with another kind of snack like that then you will put the weight back on yeah yeah it's far easier to maintain your weight if you are getting a decent amount of protein if you're getting a decent amount of fiber and if you're getting enough fruit and veg a day then actually in the future you won't you won't have to track your food for the rest of your life if you just again the the sort of this old age old 80 20 rule of 80 percent of your food should come from whole nutritious foods and then 20 percent is the fun part and actually you can maintain super easy on that with that principle yeah do you know a really nice little exercise to do if you're not sure on that is if you track your calories on MyFitnessPal, use the desktop version because it displays it differently and it's easier to see this, right? But if you go into your food diary, you can very clearly see at a glance where all your calories are coming from. So let's say you're on 2000 calories a day. Really, 
you want to be aiming to have like 1800 of those calories being from good nutritious foods and then 200 calories of the kind of more processed or fun stuff. And again, I, I personally, I wouldn't count stuff as like, like protein powder. I, I know it is processed, but I wouldn't count it as that peanut butter, still a pretty whole food, right? So when I'm saying single ingredients, you know, you can have things with a few ingredients, but that's what you want to be kind of looking at. And if you're looking at your day thinking, actually, do you know what? Like 900 of my 2000 calories are coming from processed snacks. Actually, I need to put like try putting some more food into your, and especially if your calories are low, let's say somebody's dieting on 1500. Well, if 800 of your calories are coming from processed snacks or even 500, put those into single ingredient foods in your meals or whole foods. I guarantee you, you'll feel so much better and you'll get better results. And people give like, and again, have a look at like what you're doing right now and be realistic. Like if you're looking at it and going, shit, mine looks more like 50-50 than 80-20. Well, maybe 80-20 is a bit of a jump for you. So how about we try to do 70-30, you know, 70% of those whole foods. So it's always about meeting yourself where you're at as well. And that's always what we're looking to do with new clients when we look at their food diaries and stuff. And, you know, meal plans, get a bad rep. Yes, they are unsustainable in the long term. But you know what, in the short term for fat loss to make sure you're getting everything that you need whilst losing weight, they are actually pretty good and make Mm. things pretty easy. But I think the key thing is how they're applied. Like our clients understand how to switch things in and out of them. They also understand that, you know, it doesn't have to be all that way. It doesn't have to be all completely all or nothing. But, you know, a bit of meal planning and structure, actually, you can be too flexible, even with flexible dieting when it comes to rapid fat loss. Um, Yeah. Anyway, we've rambled on about food for 45 minutes. So I kind of want to take it into the gym a little bit Mm -hmm. now. Um, Is there anything, Lucy, that if somebody wants to speed up their fat loss that they should be paying attention to in the gym? So I think I want to start by saying about the type of exercise that you're choosing is really important, um, really just for consistency. And we know that no exercise, I I don't want to say that any exercise is useless. I think exercise in any form is amazing, but if, and, and some exercises are better for better, for different goals, right? If you want to build muscle, then you're going to have to lift weights. Uh, if you're going to want to run a marathon, you're probably going to have to run a little bit. <laughs> so, Swimming is excellent. <laughs> yeah, running a marathon. <laughs> but that being said, if you're absolutely dreading the exercise that you're, you've planned for yourself to do, then you're probably not going to be particularly consistent with that. So even if you want to build muscle, if you really hate going to the gym and you cannot stand lifting weights, then you're probably not going to do it or stick with it for that long. So I'd actually think about choosing something that you enjoy doing. I know that sounds pretty obvious. Yeah. And the thing is, it might be, you know, like I think if you want to build muscle, there's no getting away from it. And that means something to you. You are going to have to do something you don't like, and that is go and lift weights. But like, like Lucy said, there's there's many ways to skin a cat. So if you don't like free weights, well, how do you feel about machines? You know, if a client tells me they don't fit, they don't like lifting heavy reps, then okay, how do you feel about pushing volume? Or maybe we use some other techniques so that we don't have to go quite as heavy with stuff. Mm-hmm. Or is it that you just you're a bit unsure on stuff? Or maybe it's that actually, do you know what the people generally like stuff that they're good at. Like yeah. it's rare you find somebody that loves something that they're really shit at, <laughs> or maybe that's in complete denial. But the only way you get good at something is to keep doing it. And I think that's where like, you know, having a training program or a coach or a PT really comes into its own because they can get you to a point where even if you're not loving it, you know you're doing the right thing and you can be consistent. And then if you can be consistent, you can improve. But mm-hmm. again, I think it is being realistic. Like Lucy said, if you hate lifting weights, then I wouldn't be looking at a six day a week training program. I'd be looking at a three day <laughs> a week mm-hmm. one. And actually, guys, for fat loss, you don't have to lift any weights at all. Like you mm. just need to get into a calorie deficit. However, if you want to look actually toned with that and maintain some muscle mass, aka I, everybody uses this term, don't they? Skinny fat. 
But that is what happens, basically. If you diet without lifting weights and without eating adequate protein, you start to break down muscle mass as well as body fat. And that's why people start to lose size, but they still don't look toned. That's often what people mean by toning. Um, But yeah, you actually don't have to lift to, to lose body fat. And if I've got clients that are quite like overweight or they've got quite a lot of weight to lose, then actually I'll prioritize more time for, I'll still get them lifting weights. But, you know, say they tell me they can get in the gym four or five times a week. Well, I might get them lifting weights twice and doing cardio the other two or three. Because, again, that's going to get more body fat off. That's going to make them feel more confident quicker. Then the confidence grows. Okay, now I can eat you into the weights area a little bit more, you know. So, again, it's that whole thing of meeting yourself where you're at. But I do think picking something that doesn't fill you with dread every time you walk into that gym is really important. But if you have a goal that means something to you and you don't know how to do that without it filling you with dread, it's probably worth investing in a little bit of help there. Mm. I've got one actually, speaking of cardio, and this is one that gets like people don't realize, but doing cardio properly will (laughs) speed up your results. So this is quite a common one. People often see it in a plateau. But what I mean by that is, so the best way to explain this so when I set clients cardio and I know you do the same thing Lucy we don't give them a time target so we won't say two lots of 30 minutes each week we'll say something like right we want you to expend 800 calories cardio this week the reason that we do that and we know that calorie trackers and counters and even on the machine right they're very inaccurate most of them in terms of the output that you get. So it might not actually be that you're burning that calorie amount, but what we can do is quantify it. So, you know, if we put it up, it goes up. If we put it down, it goes down. So as long as the method that you're using to track those cardio calories is consistent, it doesn't matter if it's consistently inaccurate. And the reason we do that is because a couple of things happen whilst you diet and whilst you're in a calorie deficit. Number one, you get lighter. So your energy expenditure therefore decreases. Like the bigger you are, the more calories you expend to move, more force that's needed to move you. Um, And the second one is you get tired and a bit lazy as you start doing things. So where a lot of coaches get this wrong, you very often see this with competitors, is they just, they stop, they don't focus on the quality of the cardio. They just start adding more time on. And actually, you know, so you might start off with, 10 minutes cardio, then your coach might up it to 20 minutes cardio, then your coach will up it to 40 minutes cardio, and then your coach will up it to an hour cardio. Before you know it, you're on the Stairmaster for an hour. Well, I can damn well guarantee you that if somebody towards the back end of a diet is doing an hour on the Stairmaster, they are not standing upright, abs engaged, walking up it, you know, with some speed and some pace and some intention. No, they are slumped over that thing, looking like deaf, you know, barely moving their legs. And it's funny, actually, because I, I had this exact conversation with one of my clients today. Um, and she said to me, God, it's taken me ages to do my calories on the Stairmaster now. It was so much quicker at the start. And I said, that's because you're tired. And she said, yeah. And she's like, because we weren't using the machine to track. We were using her Garmin watch. So what was happening was that she was like, yeah, if I think about it, actually, I'm like slumped right over the rails now. Whereas at the start, I was stood up properly. And it does. You're like, you're only cheating yourself. The machine might say you're doing those calories. But if you're actually slumped over the machine, does that make sense? You also see it when people are hanging off the treadmill. That's my favorite one. so annoying. It's so annoying. (laughs) Like they're doing the incline walk for their cardio, but they're literally, you know what I mean? They got whacked up to incline 15, walking really, really fast. But if they were to let go of that treadmill, like they're hanging onto the top of it, like fingers Mm -hmm. over the top, leaning back if they let go of that bad boy they are on their ass because they're no longer they're no longer an incline yeah because their body is so you're just you're walking flat again yeah they basically even the angle out by holding onto it so if you're listening to this and you're wondering why you know your fat loss might have stalled like Hmm. if you don't believe me let go of that treadmill number one see if you can still maintain walking at that without Hmm. holding on 
and, and number two, watch what happens to your heart rate once you let go of it. It will shoot up because you're working harder. Same with the Stairmaster. If you're not leaning over the top of it and you're standing upright, watch what happens to your heart rate. It will go up. So it doesn't matter in the same way that when we're counting calories, it doesn't matter what the app says. It matters what goes in your body. It's the same with cardio. It doesn't matter really how many calories you've expended on the machine what does matter, and I know I've said I just set calories, but it, that's still a better way of doing it, in my opinion, than a time goal. If you're going to do a time goal, you have to be tight on form. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mm. matter how many that it says on there if you're, you're only cheating yourself. Do you know what I mean? If you're not, not kind of doing it properly, you're not working hard. So uh, that's why I actually prefer clients to use activity trackers if they can and to pay attention to their heart rate. And, and again, with cardio, like I give clients a guide, like roughly this is where I want your heart rate to be during cardio. Okay. And there's a reason for that. I want to make sure that they keep working hard during that because if that slows down, guess what else slows down? Fat loss. Okay. So yeah, that's a, that's a biggie of mine. Have you ever seen anyone do anything really weird for cardio at the gym, Lucy? Um, I see a lot of weird stuff. Um, <laughs> I just wonder, like, I wonder, I've always wondered. Like, Shadow boxing in between sets oh, and stuff. Don't, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of, is that what you're getting at? <laughs> yeah, just, I just wondered, like, because obviously the gyms in Hong Kong are a bit different to, to over here. I just wondered if there was any, like, trends or anything a bit strange that's come up over there. Um, not trend, no, not trends in like strange stuff, but but definitely like I see people slumped over the stairmaster and hanging on to the um the treadmill, and I really want to go up to them and be like, oh, just just let go, yeah. <laughs> just let go, yeah. don't do it like that. <laughs> don't get me wrong, like we all get a bit tired. Like I've definitely done it, but sometimes I'll do it deliberately as well because it's actually comfier to lean over the stairmaster yeah. as well. So if that's the case, just factor that in. Do you know what I mean? Or if you're yeah. using an activity tracker that's on your wrist as opposed to the machine calories, well, that's okay because it, it like they go up slower when I'm leaning over it. That's not a problem. But it's just having that awareness of it. I think that some people don't have yeah okay so so far then for tips we've got pre-plan your food in advance sticking mm -hmm. to single ingredient foods where possible paying attention to your weekends and you know factoring those in or if possible trying to make them look more like your weekdays um making sure you do your cardio properly picking training you can be consistent with mm -hmm. one that i've got on training actually is don't assume this is another mistake that people make that just because you're dieting, you need to reduce your weights. You're not strong anymore. And you sort of wrap yourself up in cotton wool a little bit. I sometimes see this with competitors. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, a few weeks out from a bikini competition is not the time to be testing your one rep max on your squat and your deadlift. But People, I think sometimes, and I've done it, can get in their own head that they're dieting and therefore they're weak. And if you tell yourself that, you are going to be weaker when you're dieting. Even Actually, even more so, like when you're dieting, you want to be hyping yourself up to train as hard as possible. Would you agree, Lucy? A hundred percent. So the thing is, um, muscle isn't really a very efficient tissue. And so when you're in a calorie deficit, because it takes more calories to maintain muscle than it does fat so not very not by very much by the way but um, not as much as people think but it does um so your body's actually going to want to get rid of that muscle and it will get rid of that muscle if you don't maintain it so you really need to be lifting heavy so when people say what like how should i train when i'm in a diet you should train the exact same way when you're in a diet as you would when you're not in a diet the only thing I might reduce is a bit of the volume just because recovery might be affected. So I might, for, for clients, I might take out some drop sets. I might take out things like that. But in terms of the weight that you should be pushing, it should be the same. Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, a few weeks out from a competition, you're not going to be really like pushing for PBs. 
but I would still push for PBs every single training session when I'm on a diet. Yeah, yeah, same. And the thing is, don't get upset if you don't get them, because in theory, if you're getting lighter whilst maintaining the same numbers, then your strength output is probably increasing. Like, it's not a bad thing, but you should still be going in and training like you want to hit those. And it is that exact thing. Like, that's why we lift whilst dieting to make sure that you can hold on to muscle mass and you know sometimes i think there's this misconception that aggressive dieting breaks down muscle faster than slow and steady doesn't that's not necessarily true i think the biggest thing that determines that actually is that for some people they slash their calories training goes to dog shit and that's what starts messing messing that up you know, why they, so that's what we're always trying to balance as well with, especially with competitors where the goal is to get to stage with minimal muscle mass, uh, minimal body fat, not minimal. <laughs> I know it's been a while, but <laughs> to stage, doing the 360, coming, coming last. Doing the 360 with uh, minimal muscle mass. <laughs> I think that homeless man slipped something in my coffee, you know, <laughs> I haven't been right all day. <laughs> but yeah where the goal is to get to stage with minimal body fat maximal muscle mass what we're trying to balance up is like we need the diet to be aggressive enough to get the job done but when we decide on the length of the prep one of the factors that i will look at is you know can somebody still maintain a good training output in an aggressive calorie deficit Mm, Um, i think that's it you've got to go into the gym with that same intensity like don't half-ass it and and if you are finding that your dieting is affecting your training look at where you're eating around your training you know think about things you can be a bit more detailed about meal timings are you going to the gym having not eaten for several hours or have you actually planned some of your calories as a pre-workout snack because that's something that I made a big mistake with dieting in the past was saving calories to snack on in the evenings when I didn't really need them when actually that really affected my training I should have put those calories before my training yeah and that's something that I would say that most experienced dieters or trainers or especially competitors do that's where meal timing does get important is you know If you're in an aggressive fat loss phase, I would argue that you should be able to, you know, like you're always going to prioritize your ability to stick to something when it comes to distributing your calories. But if somebody's to the extent of, you know, they're prepping for a show or a photo shoot, I'm going to assume that adhering to calories is not an issue. Do you know what I mean? And actually, if you want to see faster results, well, rather than going to your preference of when you like to eat, I'm going to go to what's more optimal in terms of your training. And that's one of the biggest differences between actually a normal diet and a contest prep diet is, right, we're going to eat for performance Mm -hmm. rather than just eating to lose a bit of weight. You know, like if your goal is to lose a bit of weight, it doesn't matter when you eat your meals. However, if you want to speed up and accelerate your results and lose body fat and maintain muscle mass faster, actually, do you know what? It might be sensible to make sure you eat around your training because it's going to increase your energy expenditure. So, yeah, it's a really valid point, actually, Lucy. So we've hit an hour. Are there any more? Have you got any quickies before we go? There is. (laughs) Oh, my God. Maybe we should just go. (laughs) There is is one thing I do want to say, to be honest. Um, In the same way that you plan your food out, I would 100% plan out your training. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't rely on motivation in your dieting phase because those of us who seem really motivated, we're not. What we're doing is just relying on our routine. So if you plan out like a schedule, like a work schedule that you can't get out of your training sessions and your cardio sessions, then when motivation fails you, you still got that routine. And I, I always tell my clients, routine is like motivation's less sexy sister <laughs> that no one talks about. <laughs> but it's so, so without her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
she's in the background but <laughs> she's very important <laughs> she's a great personality um <laughs> but I think routine is so so important so even when you don't feel like it do it yeah. don't give yourself a choice I think the other thing to remember as well is that actually you know what if you're going for fast fat loss and aggressive dieting one of the things that you can expect is low motivation at points because the bigger your our bodies are very good at preserving energy they don't want us to really be breaking down body fat like our bodies don't know that you know we're not at risk of a famine and we don't have to hunt for our food and that actually Greg's is just around the corner so we're all fine um you know and and, and actually so what it will do is when it senses that you're in a calorie deficit it will start to adapt certain processes to, to mean you expend less energy. And one of the ways that can manifest is in the form of low motivation to go and do stuff. Like, so sometimes it's like, I'll even say to myself, this is just your diet talking, go and get it done. You know, like silly little things like that. Like I can even remember actually, like a classic example of that is in my bikini prep days. And I I often reference these because they're a great example of like the extremes of dieting, but you really start to notice some of your behavior change. And it would even be stuff like, I can remember watching whole TV programs I didn't even like on the TV because I couldn't be asked to get up and get the remote. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not a lazy person at all. I was just that hungry and tired. Um, And you know, literally getting to the point where I'm nearly peeing myself because I can't be bothered to get up and go and have a wee. Do you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. You do just get like really lazy and that's mm-hmm. your body trying to preserve energy. So I think it's a really good point that Lucy made is that you you won't, just, there will be no spontaneous, I just want to get to the gym and do this. And actually the more aggressive your calorie deficit is, the more you could, the more you might experience that. But that's mm. okay. It's part and parcel of it. You've just got to plan it in and like Lucy said, go and get it done. Get it done. Get it done. <laughs> so on that note, let's wrap up for this week before I embarrass myself anymore. <laughs> But once again, thank you everybody for listening. And as always, if anybody does have any questions about fat loss, the rate of weight loss or anything like that, please feel free to slide into either my DMs or Lucy's DMs on Instagram. So you can find us at Girl Gains blog or at Lucy Girl Gains. I'll tag them in the comment section below on this podcast. But yeah, thank you very much, Lucy. And thank you everybody for listening. And we will catch you next time.